Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin, and from Brainwaves team today, we have Test. Just a warning, in today's show, we will be discussing childhood trauma and abuse. So if this is confronting for you or distressing, please uh, tune out. And today on Brainwaves, we are speaking with teacher, artist and author Lorraine Hall. Lorraine has previously studied and worked with clinical and holistic experts surrounding trauma. And Lorraine is here today to discuss her book, Our Little Secret. Congratulations on your book, Lorraine. Oh, thank you very much. Can you tell us what uh, prompted you to write your book, Our Little Secret, One Woman's True Story of Healing from Childhood Trauma? Um, I think what what happened to me was I was offered um, to have uh, go over to Hawaii, which I had to pay for, and there was a wonderful man over there who took you into more or less an unconscious self to write your book. So it wasn't wow. coming, your mind wasn't blocking it, your left brain wasn't blocking you. It was all about, you know, your, um, your right brain. Right. So can, can you go back to that again? There was some, you were introduced to someone who helped you go to that state. Yes, a writer's workshop oh, it was in a Hawaii, workshop. of all places. Yes. Right. Yes. Hmm, fascinating. I know. He was an American man and um, so it didn't come out to Australia and I thought, well, I'll go over there. Right. And it was just amazing. I amazing see. Experience. I didn't realise that part of how the book came about. Yes. So you must have been thinking about it a little bit to go all the way overseas for it. Well, I actually said to myself over the years, I'm just coming out with the most profound statements. Yes. And I never wrote them down. Right. And then I thought, you know what, they're still in there. They're still in my brain somewhere. I'm sure they'll come out when I need it. Right. And they did. Oh, that's fantastic. And can you tell us a bit about what Our Little Secret is about? Well, it's about, I did write it as a memoir. Yeah. But that was only to, to um, introduce the readers to myself in the fact that I was, you know, yes, at the age of, in my 50s, finally remembered my abuse and, and trauma that I suffered in my family home, right, and um, and then, but it was really more to help people. It was there to show that I'm a thriving person now, yes. instead of instead of curled up in a fetal position, crying all the time and and feeling like I was crazy and yeah, and uh, so it was um just to just to show people that yes, you know, I was like that. Now I'm like this, and this is how I got there. So there's. The resources and tools in my book are just so beneficial from, not, I'm not just saying this for me, they did help me, yes, Terry, but, yes. but from the 
the reviews I've had about my book have just been outstanding. That's fantastic, Lorraine. Yeah. And um, so how, when you were, there were a little secret from your childhood um, and then it closed over. So how early in your childhood are you talking, Lorraine? It started when I was three. Oh, right. And then you completely forgot about it until your early 50s. Yes. That's amazing, yes. isn't it? I never had a breakdown. I never had any any inkling that this was my childhood. Yes. I thought I, I, thought I had a good one. <laughs> right. So can you tell us about the time when you started becoming aware that something wasn't right? Uh, I was down. I travelled. I live in New South Wales and um, WOMAD, the World Music Festival, was on my bucket list. Right. And it was down in Adelaide. Uh, I could just, when the festival was on, I just couldn't sleep. And I thought I was just a bit wound up, but didn't really understand why. Yeah. For the three and a half days that was on. And when it finished, the day after, my head just started, my, my brain, actually my scalp, first off. Yeah. Just in all different parts, it would be sore within seconds. Really? And sore in a different part, yes. And then the inside then started to explode. It was like explosions and popping. Wow. And I know. I thought, this is really serious. Yeah. What's happening to me. But in that seriousness, I didn't want to go and see a doctor because I didn't want to be put on drugs. Right. And I felt like that was the way that they would go. So I sought, um, I sought a kinesiologist out, actually, who was fantastic. Can you tell us what kinesiology is? Kinesiology is your body um, through muscle testing. Right. So an example would be for the listeners, if if you hold out your hand and the kinesiologist has his his or her hand on yours and then asking you questions and if there's a resist, like normally you have a resistance, yeah. So your hand, your arm stays straight, but when there's a, a question that is, um, well, you have no resistance to it that you've got somewhere in your brain that needs to be worked on, it just drops down. Wow. So you you have no way of actually pushing your hand up. It's quite amazing, and I really like it because it's your body. Yeah. Telling them what you need. I see. So it's very much about the body remembers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And how how did it actually help you, that process? Um, so, so for me, I found it very cathartic because it was a very gentle way of processing. Right. So you'd, you'd um, be asked questions and yes. when your body showed no resistance, that was telling you that there was a part of you that needed healing. Yes. Yeah. And how, how was that cathartic for you? Because you're finally getting to somewhere. Right. It's, it's like you're finally getting to somewhere that your body needs to go. So your body's telling you. Yep. where it needs to go. Your mind doesn't know where it needs to go. Yep. But if you trust your body, yep. it will lead you in the right direction, mm. I believe. And it did for me. Right. It so that those early symptoms of um, the scalp and then popping inside, that all subsided? Oh, yeah. yes, it subsided. 
Yeah. Um, it probably, actually, I don't even know how long it lasted, maybe half an hour, an hour, two hours. Right. But I just knew that it was really serious, so I, um, I just drank. I couldn't get in to see anyone. It was a public holiday. Right. And, and at the time, I rang around, digressing here, I rang around and, and one... Um, a doctor got back to me and he said, look, I work with this this kinesiologist. He said, I will, he's the top of his field. He said he works with the doctors in the hospital. And he said, I'll, I recommend him to you. He only works part-time and he'll fit you in. So that which wow. is what happened. Right. Yeah. And had you used kinesi- kinesiology before? Yes. All right. But, but more for a health, it, I had chiropractic chiropractic kinesiology before. I see. Right. With a little bit of mental aspects in it. Yep. Yeah. So then you got back to your home in New South Wales and um, after your wonderful Womold um, event in Adelaide, um, tell us about how things progressed from there and what helped you with your healing journey. Well, first off, the progression was I completely crashed. Right. And um, that was really, really, really awful and scary because I had never experienced anything like that before. Right. And for me, the person that abused me, um, I looked up to him. Yes. And trusted him. So it was really hard to be aware that there'd been this massive breach of your trust. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, you know, an invasion of my, my body, myself. Yes. And so therefore, you know, but I believed in what my memories were telling me. I believed in the visions of the flashbacks that were coming to me. Yep. Yep. And the knowing that it did, did happen. Yeah. I, tr- I, I trusted all that. So you believed yourself. Yes. That's fantastic. Almost first step towards healing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And so there you were, you'd crashed. Um, what does that mean? You weren't able to go to paid work or... Um, weren't able to function in your usual um, everyday activities? Is that what I couldn't, yes, I couldn't function at all. Oh, I spent right. all my time crying. I was fetal position and I just, like, oh, okay. yeah, I fed, fed myself because I had to because you, you have to get food, but it wasn't, I wasn't able to function yep. as I normally could before this. It was like I had a world and then the memories came and that world got, it's a completely different world that I live in now, even. Mm. But and, after the memories, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And um, can you tell us about the things that helped you move on to the, the strong, successful, functioning woman that you are today? Yes, I'd love to. <laughs> well, first job I mean, um is a kinesiologist in Adelaide who I saw, and he recommended someone that was probably an hour and a half drive from where I live. So yep. I went and saw saw her for probably three years, every week to start off with and then just dwindling down to, to nothing in that three-year period because I started feeling really, really good and was processing with her and getting it out of my body. and Yeah. It was all, you know, I didn't understand it all. No, I didn't. But I went along with thinking that this was, was right for me, which it was. Yeah. It was at the time. Yeah. Um, then I... Is it very um, expensive to do kinesiology? I'm just thinking about our listeners and if they were oh, interested. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't have kinesiology now. I don't, um, 
I don't sort of go that way, but um, yeah. I don't. So I'm in a medical benefit fund, so right. I can claim it on that. I see. Right. So naturally, you do lose money. You probably, you know, it's probably like everything else. You're probably losing in anywhere from twenty to forty dollars each visit. Yeah. If you're in the fund. Yeah. And um, so from there, after that, I um, I thought I was okay. Right. <laughs> Very naive. Very oh. naive. <laughs> so there and, you are in your mid, getting towards your later fifties. Yeah, mid. Oh yeah, about fifty-seven. Right. And then I, I moved. I thought, you know, I'm just going to move from this country town to a country town that I, you know, was more appealing to me. Right. Which offered me music and, and theatre and a, th- a few things like that, which I really love. Yes. And I just, I moved. I isolated myself. I took myself further away from my family. Right. Um, I took myself away from all my friends and I just completely collapsed the, probably the worst I've ever collapsed, really, was, ah. was in, after that move. The next year, right. I really fell apart. Gee, that's tough. Yeah, it was tough. And so it, how did you come back from that? What sort of things did you do to help? Well, I found a, I found a place that um, was a five-day healing centre. Oh, right. They, they have a program. Yes. And um, I just, I just felt like, that's the place that's going to help me. So I, I booked myself in and three weeks later I was there and and it was just amazing because it was the first place that I ever felt love for myself right, right. and the first first place in all this really that I felt really hopeful. Oh, and what, what was the name of that place? It was, play, it was a centre called The Hill for Life. Oh, right. I think I've heard about it in the Hunter Valley. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Right. So, so there they teach you. They, you know, allow your inner child to touch base with that hurt part of you that is still holding the memories and the pain yes. from the abuse. Yes. And they teach you tools how to release it. Right. To, so you're more or less moving it from scientifically from your amygdala. Yes. Over over to your hippocampus, which is and then their particular parts of the brain, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are, Terry. And they also teach you, at, you know, at the end, they let you know about transactional analysis, attachment theory, boundaries. You know, it, the program's really good and you can only accept, I went back three times, you can only accept what you can at that one one yep. given time. Yeah. And um, there is so much to learn and I'm, it's just fascinating what mm. the brain does and what, it, what its capacity. Right. And so... Was it the learning of all that that new information about boundaries and attachment theory and transactional analysis, or were there other aspects of the Hill for Life program that that really helped with your healing journey as well? Well, I found there was like being with other survivors. Yes, was really everyone kind of felt like there was a connection straight away because you'd been through something similar. Yes. And yeah. so there was this instant bond with people that, that you know, and everyone said the right thing. Right. <laughs> if that's, if I can, or I'll explain it. And often people say, oh, can you put it, just put it in a box or deal with it later or, and you can't. Or There's just no put way. it in the past, you know, forget yeah. about it. Yes. Yeah, that's true. They say that too. And, um, 
and you can't do that. Mm. It's just not possible. It, it actually eats you away and, and comes back to bite you, really. Yes. And, yeah. and so being there and I found the program, the way the program is structured was really, really helpful to me. Yeah. And I was able to bring that program into my life at home. Oh, right. And so um, how many people were in in the program with you? You do a week-long five-day program. Yeah, I think there was 12. I think they could have taken 13, one more, but I think there was 12 in that first week. I yep. went back three times. Right. And there was generally anywhere from 8 to 12 each time in the group. Yeah. Um, female, males as well. Yeah. Who'd experienced something similar to myself. Yeah. There was also people who had never experienced sexual abuse, who had who had experienced in their homes, um, you know, critical parent or someone that put them down all the time. Yes. Or people who were neglected or any. They all had. I realised probably at my second visit they all had and behaviours the same as mine. Really. Even even though they weren't sexually abused. Yes. Right. And what sort of behaviours would you say they were as a result of that early childhood abuse? Oh, codependency be one. Now, what do you mean by that exactly to uh, for our listeners? Oh, codependency is is that you always rely on someone else. All oh, right. Any sort of capacity to instead of trusting yourself. Right. All right. And it can come in all sorts of different forms in. The fact that, you know, you always want to be with a partner. Yep. Or the fact that you listen to other people all the time and don't trust yourself in what your own opinion oh, is. Oh, I see. They're just a couple of examples. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You learn to ignore those inner inner thoughts that are, are actually you from very early on. Yes. Mm. Yes. Because now, I found working with my inner child was... Yep. was an incredible trust. Yeah. And so it built up a huge trust. So therefore she was able, I will call it a she, some people call it, it aren't happy with inner child. They might have inner self. I just refer to it as inner child. Yeah. That they, and then they, the trust happens and then they tell you more. Yes, they do. So more memories came from me. Right. But because I'd learnt the tools at Heal for Life, yeah. therefore I was able to, I wasn't um, broken anymore and down on the ground all the time. It was it got less and less and less all the time. That's fantastic. And can you tell us a little bit about those tools that you actually used in a day-to-day basis to help you with all of that? Yes. Yeah, I just... Awareness. I mean, mind, some people call it mindfulness, but awareness was one of the best things because once you start to be aware that you're not feeling okay... Yes then you need to do something about it because if you're not feeling okay, you're what you call triggered. Yeah. So that something is re- triggered, it means something's reminding you of the past right. or someone from the past, a smell, a name, a look, or just what someone says. Right. And so that's it's, it. It, it's a triggering yeah. process that causes problems in the present after those early experiences. Yes, it is. Mm. Yes. All right. So once you you know you're aware of of that you've got a trigger, what 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 were the tools that Heal for Life taught? Well, first off, you have to bring down your nervous system, right? Because when you go when you are triggered, 
you get so overwhelmed that you cannot function. Yeah. Whether it is for a split second or whether it's for days. Right. So it's it's part of your your reptilian brain that cuts in and you go into either freeze, flight, the three Fs, flight, fright, fight and freeze, so fight, yes. Yeah. So you go into one of those. Yeah. And the younger you're abused, you're more likely to go into freeze. Yeah. Because there weren't any other options when you're little. No, your brain couldn't, didn't see any other options. Yeah. It, it learnt to do that. Yeah. So with it, the tools, you, you're aware that you're being triggered and, yes. and and then what do you do? What what did those well, I'd tools realize teach? I, I realised I was triggered, I wasn't okay. I'd then go and look into a mirror. Right. And you might think that this sounds funny, listeners, but it isn't. There's, I use the side cars of anyone's mirror on right. the side of your cars if I felt triggered because I was a lot to start off with. Yeah. Um, in your home, there's mirrors everywhere and... I would look into my eyes and say, own how I was feeling. I'd say, I feel whatever the feeling is. It's normally a fear feeling. Yeah. And then my nervous system, that automatically, then the empathy I saw in my eyes and the validation yeah. that I saw there would automatically bring my nervous system down. Wonderful. So and I was able then to function straight away after that. So you weren't going into that automatic freeze flight or fight mode it brought it it brought it all down right again yes and then you had a few more choices about what you're going to do with your feelings that's right that's right right. if they were really um a really severe feeling yeah and um i might need to go and do what i know is the five-step process right so part of that is what I've already stated about de-triggering yourself. Yeah. Looking, looking into the mirror. And the others are that taking your power back right. from from your perpetrator. And mm. that can be done, I think, 85% of the statistics are if you do it visually, if you visualise it. Right. And I used to like to sort of get a, a bat and... They used to have a torso, and I used to belt that bat, <laughs> get that bat, and belt that torso. Right. And um, telling and the perpetrator what you thought of them. Absolutely, because you've got to vocalise. Right. What, that that inner child needs to say what what he or she couldn't say at the time. Yep. Yep. And then after that, you nurture yourself. So all those sort of steps beforehand, it's all to do with the adults there, but the inner child is is at the forefront, yeah. and then the last step is that you nurture the inner child, the adult nurturing right. you nurtures the inner child because right. we weren't nurtured when all this happened. No, that's why you had to shut it down yes. and, and have it locked up in the amygdala. Yep. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Now, um, if you went from being a high-functioning uh, uh, woman with a family and then you were crashing, how did your family respond to all of this? My family, which was really... That's, that's a, good, a very good question. Um, most of my family, well, they were all supportive in their own way. Right. So first off, I told my, my sister because I really needed her help when I flew in from Adelaide. That right. When I first remembered because I was staying at my daughter's house and I... It was the year she was going to be married, or she was married, and I didn't want her to know at this stage. Yeah. So I had to come up with a, 
and I couldn't think because I was in overwhelm all the time. Yeah. So I asked my sister to um, to actually help me come up with something, which she did, and therefore when I stayed the night, it, I seemed convincing because my daughter never asked me any more questions. Right. And so she was the first. So she said, I thought our family had escaped that because she'd been working with, you know, in women's refuges and starting them up in Tasmania, actually. She started Elsie up in Tasmania. Fantastic. I know. Yeah. I know. She's an amazing woman. Mm. And, so she, um, you were very lucky to have her in your family. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 She sort of knew what to do. Mm. <laughs> she was very helpful. And then as her support and then um, and her partner. Right. And... And so then from there, the next person I, I told was my son. When I felt strong enough, which was probably six or eight months later, I I told my son and um, because I thought, I, ha- I sort of questioned why am I telling? Right. I want to tell my kids. Do I not want to tell them? And I said, yes, to myself I do because I don't want them to put their trust in their children, which they didn't have at that stage, in trust with someone that they thought they loved. They thought that. You know, they saw the good side in someone. Right. And who may not be trustworthy. Or the grooming side, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So so I told my son who, you know, was just overcome with emotion and and said, you know, Mum, why didn't you tell me earlier? And I said, Brent, I said, I couldn't even support myself, but now I can support you. Yep. So... You know, he. Um, it was very hard because my daughter was getting married a couple of months later, and and that and my and my perpetrator was there. Right. The so he was a family member. Yes, he was my father. Oh, right. Yeah, and so you know, he. Um, we talked together, and I stayed with him for a couple of days. But I kind of came away thinking there's a lot that he needs to processing this emotionally. Is this your son? My son. Yeah, right. And then the next person I told, which was a year later, was my daughter after the wedding and the next year after that. And and she said, did he touch me? Mm. So that was her first thought, Mm. which was pretty devastating. And I'd already thought about it anyway, but um, not that I remember anything, but I just, and I, you know, said everything that I knew to yeah. my daughter. Yeah. But there, there still is a question there, isn't there? <laughs> you know, in my brain. Mm. But um, so then the next person was I wasn't going and seeing my parents who lived up up the top northern northern New South Wales. Right. And then I sort of rang my sister and I said, you know. I don't see mum anymore, and I said, I'm missing my mother. Yeah. And I said, it'd be nice to have a connection with her again. I said, I keep coming up with all these excuses because I was doing the Diploma of Taste and right. in Fine Arts, and I thought, you know, I used that as an excuse and I had too much on. And yeah. um, she said, I'm the same. So we flew up and we told I told mum. Right. And ha- how did she respond? She re- she responded that she came with us, so because she didn't want to come and listen to us because she thought we, we were up there to put Dad in the nursing home because he had a bit of dementia by that stage. Right. And, um, and in the end, Den had to tell her and said, 
what what had happened. You need to come, Mum. So she came and she said, I have to believe you, Lorraine. You never say anything against your father. Yep. And she said, and when I told, she told her mother about her abuse with her uncle. Right. Her mother, her mother told her to shush it up and her mother just completely ignored her. So your mum was there for you? My mum was there for me. Yeah, yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you so much for all this um, wonderful information you've given us about your book, Our Little Secret, and your journey of recovering. If you could give other survivors some advice, what would it be? My advice would be to work with people, therapists, psychologists, any modality that works with inner child work All right. and, feel, and feelings. Okay, so that, so that will bring you to the point of then moving through them. Yep. So they're not blocking your life now. That's great, Lorraine. Mm. And if they want a copy of your book, do they go onto your website to find out? Yes, they can go onto my website, which is www.lorrainehall.com. Right. And um, some of the, the online bookstores have it, have are selling it too. Okay. Have it online. Great. There's an e-book out there. Great. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thank you, Terry. Best wishes with your ongoing journey. Thank you very much. It was okay. a pleasure. And uh, yes, thank you, Lorraine, and thank you, Terry, as well, uh, for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge with our listeners. And for our listeners, if any of the things we've talked about today that have distressed you, you can contact Lifeline on 131114 or the Worldways Helpline on 1300 500. You can find more of our shows at our website, brainwaves.org.au, or on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on iTunes. Feel free to send us feedback or suggestions for shows via email at brainwaves at wellways.org. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.